Hello and welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner with Karen Sharp Price. This podcast will inform and inspire you in your quest to find the right career path. If you're just starting out, looking to make a change in your field, or transitioning into a new career, then this podcast is for you. We'll be sharing tips and providing resources on topics such as writing resumes, interviewing, using LinkedIn, and networking. We will take a look at different careers, companies, and opportunities. You will hear success stories from professionals in all career paths, and so much more. You will leave this podcast with three key takeaways that you can easily put into practice. Enjoy! Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Very excited that you have decided to join us today. The topic of this episode is LinkedIn. I find talking with clients and just people in general that they either love it or it's too overwhelming so they either don't have a profile at all or they do, but they rarely do anything with it. I hope after you listen to this podcast, we will have given you enough reasons to either start a profile or begin to use the one you have and most of all, benefit from it. So let's jump right in. I'm Karen Sharp Price. I'm a career coach and I own Sharp Human Resources Consulting, aka Sharp HR. I chose my first guest on my podcast because of her energy, her drive, and her infectious enthusiasm. What better person to talk to you about the benefits of LinkedIn? She is currently the Senior Manager Talent Acquisition at Unifrax. She has used LinkedIn to build her personal brand and uncover new opportunities for herself and the companies she's worked for. She's passionate about helping others do the same and has presented this LinkedIn content for audiences, including the UB Alumni Association, SUNY Career Development Organization, the Buffalo Naira Partnership, BN360, and Panasonic North America. A BN360 Spotlight Professional, she has more than seven years of successfully diverse human resources management experience with privately owned and publicly traded global leaders. She is an active SHRM member and a SHRM blogger, a guest host of the hashtag NextChat Twitter chat. She serves on the Buffalo Niagara Human Resource Association Board of Directors. She is also a professional development events facilitator at both of her alma maters and serves on the Disrupt HR Buffalo Event Planning Committee. Please welcome Claire Petrie. Hi, Claire. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Karen. I think that LinkedIn is a really important piece of anybody's career search, and a lot of people are really either they love it or kind of are overwhelmed by it. So I thought that maybe this would be a great topic to start off with. I'm hoping that by the time we're done, people will be able to start their profile and really start using it as a benefit for them trying to find a job and and maybe just connecting with other people. If we could start, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Where did you start? You know, where did you go to school? What's your degree? And, and start from there. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, a little bit about me. So I went to the University of Buffalo for my undergraduate degree, um, business administration and HR. So during my sophomore year, um, actually right when sophomore year ended is when I got my first internship at Rich Products in HR. So both my parents are in HR. So I kind of knew um, I wanted to investigate that aspect a little more. But through that first internship is where I really got a better idea that it was a good fit for me. And after that, I decided to go on to grad school. So I actually graduated from UB on Friday and went to my first NU class that Monday. Oh, wow. But 
Um, I knew I wanted to be in management someday. I wanted to learn a little bit more about business, and it paid off personally for me later on um, when I got the opportunity with Delaware North to take my first HR manager role because I didn't have past management experience, but they saw my degree and figured I was smart enough to learn it and pick it up. So I'm really glad I did that. Great. That first job, what were some of your responsibilities? So my internship at Riches kind of turned into a full-time job um, afterwards. So during the internship, I did recruiting work. So I was a talent management center coordinator, as they call it. Um, So basically like a talent acquisition coordinator. So I would schedule interviews for the recruiters, um, meet job candidates when they came on site, give tours, um, keep the interview team on track, make sure they um, were in the right rooms when they were supposed to, book the rooms just help candidates kind of find their way around during their interviews, make sure they had a great experience, and then uh, manage the ATS and onboarding system. So processing any offer letters and things like that. Um, And then I also worked in payroll and benefits at Riches for a short while. And that's how I learned I needed to go back into recruitment because it was not a good fit for me. But I'm glad I learned it. I really think um, anyone who starts off in HR should be in an, an HR assistant type of role where you get exposure to all the different areas because mm-hmm. um, you never really want to go in right to being an HR manager. I hear some students that are like, I'm ready to just be an HR manager and right. to learn those basics um, of all the compliance and just how different functions within HR work was really helpful. So I'm, I'm good at organizing and processing things, but I was glued to my desk a little bit and the recruiting got me more out into the, um, into the business, I guess, to help hiring managers and stuff, so. What was it about recruiting that you loved the most? I think it's just a good fit for my personality, just because I love to be really outgoing and meet new people. I naturally just like to get to know people, and I'm curious about where they've come from and um, getting to know them a little bit better. So it was fun for me to meet the candidates, and I think the candidates felt really comfortable while they were on site to just have somebody that was really outgoing and able to answer their questions and stuff like that. During that first um, job, did you also belong to associations at that time or did that come later? I think that came later. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I really had found BNHRA or SHRB yet, Uh which I think is why some of us um, on the BNHRA board now are so passionate about going back into the schools Mm -hmm. um, and talking more about that because some of us had never heard of it when we were in school. What are you doing now at Unifrax? Yeah, so my current role is new for the company. Um, So I started there in July, and it's really focused around recruiting process. So basically establishing how we're going to work recruiting in the company. So everything from um, establishing kind of how, well, what the needs are. So working with HR on if someone, you know, resigns, do we need to replace that one for one or what kind of talent do we actually need? And then how do we enter that job into our system, um, get it posted, have a kickoff meeting, discuss the different Uh, resources out there, who's going to be on the interview team, just how the whole process is going to work, what the salary ranges are. So that's been pretty rewarding so far to put that in place for our corporate headquarters location. And now our managers know to come to me and what to expect and what their role is versus what my role is. So having that internal recruiting partner um, is something that's new for them, but I think it's going well so far. Now, are you still doing actual recruiting or are you doing more of the behind the scenes? Both. So we needed to create the process, and then I I do source and screen for some of our openings as well. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how uh, Claire got involved with LinkedIn and um, hopefully give us some tips um, of how to use LinkedIn. We'll be right back. 
Have you applied to more jobs than you care to admit with no or little response? You are not alone, and it's time to have your resume reviewed. Contact Sharp Human Resources. We can help. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Claire Petrie, and we're talking about LinkedIn. So Claire, I'd like to know, how did you get involved with LinkedIn? Yeah, that's a great question. So I had made my profile in school because it was a requirement as a UB class. I think it still is. But I didn't really use it up until a few years into my career where I was in an HR role as a what we call hashtag DOO, Department of One, Mm -hmm. um, where you're the sole HR person for your population of staff. And it can be easy to become just feeling kind of out on an island. You need to kind of connect and network with other HR pros and have folks to bounce your ideas off of and things like that. So um, at that time, I actually turned to LinkedIn and Twitter. Up to that point, I had my LinkedIn, but I just went on and scrolled and didn't really participate or post anything. Exactly. And then at that time, so I started posting questions for my network, really, like I'm encountering this type of situation, or does anyone have a sample policy like this? What would you what would you do? Or what do you do at your company? And use some basic hashtags like human resources and HR. Mm -hmm. And um, a few people responded to our still really good friends today that I see at all my SHRM conferences. And so it really got me thinking there's so many people out there to connect with and learn from and we can exchange value they can learn from my experience and um, I can certainly learn from what they have to offer. So that's when I really started picking up the involvement. How long did it take you from deciding that you were going to start using LinkedIn and then starting to kind of tap into that network? How long did it take you to start feeling that people were actually out there and they and they were there for you? Yeah, so I know we're talking about LinkedIn today, but with Twitter, yeah. with Twitter chats, like like next chat for sure, hashtag next chat, that's pretty instant. If you hop on a Twitter chat, there's like hundreds of people participating in, in big chats. There's some smaller ones that are, you know, aren't as widely known, but that's when I kind of learned that, that a lot of people were out there and I started connecting with those people over on LinkedIn as well. Um, LinkedIn, I think, was a little bit slower because it takes more of an effort to connect. It's just a different type of platform where Twitter, you can just shoot stuff out, follow people. You don't have to send really a request with that. It's more common on LinkedIn to connect with people you might be more familiar with or that you know. Mm-hmm. So that took a little bit longer to get going. But once I started posting more I started doing videos and articles from the Sherm blog and things like that. It really picked up and conversation kept generating. So I was like, this is a good thing to keep up with. And I think that that probably helps you get a little bit more involved in it. If you try it and it works, you do a little bit more. Um, So what does LinkedIn mean to you and your career? Yeah, so I mean, for me, I certainly use a lot of different social networking sites, but LinkedIn is the only one that's really focused on that professional networking and career development. So for me, personally, I got invited to two of Sherm's annual conferences as a blogger through my work on Twitter and LinkedIn. So there's cool opportunities that can come to you if you can be findable and visible online, and especially on LinkedIn if it's kind of professional related. So for my career, it's been huge. Even locally, I've been just invited to local conferences to interview the speakers and (laughs) things like that. Yeah. 
So that's just been really rewarding. Like as I do things in the community, I make sure I snap a pic and post something that looks fun and encouraging and other people either want to get involved or have something that they are involved with that they would like me to come get involved with. So if I wasn't doing those posts, I don't think I would have found as many opportunities and ways to contribute like I am now. How do you pick your hashtags? How do you know which ones to use and how many is too many? Uh, That's a good question. So the cool thing about LinkedIn is if you start typing a hashtag, it will give you suggestions. So if you type hashtag recruit, for example, it'll give you options like recruitment strategy, recruitment operations, some other like common terms. So Mm -hmm. you can usually type something in and get an idea of what LinkedIn thinks is good for you to add. You can always Google like hashtags trending for HR or different fields. Um, But usually I stick to like networking, professional development, human resources. Um, So sometimes you just have to kind of do a search and see what people are using. And if it's related to your post, then it might help get it some more exposure. And is there too many? I mean, I usually just use like three to five. Okay. Only because I want people to really focus on my content and not Mm -hmm. be distracted by the list of hashtags that are at the bottom of the post. Um, That's just me, though. I don't know a ton about kind of the marketing and things behind hashtags, but the way I've used it, three to five has been good. And I've also noticed that you you almost always put someone's name in there, Um, somebody that you've been with, name of the event, the place, um, but it's always there. Is there a purpose for that? Yeah, so I tag the organizer of the event or the actual venue that it's at. So if the Buffalo Niagara Partnership hosts an event, I will tag their page. Mm -hmm. Um, Reason being is because they're usually really good, the partnership specifically, about commenting on those posts when people tag them. So it gives you kind of an instant boost of credibility when you are at an event for the partnership and their actual page comments on it. Like, it was so great to see you. Thanks for participating. So sometimes having that just kind of boost from the page can help Mm -hmm. your post be seen more as well as just have that kind of validation that they were glad you're there. When you say tag, what exactly do you mean by tag? So you just type the at um, button. at symbol? Yep, at symbol. And then you can tag a business, a person, whatever um, page is on LinkedIn. Gotcha. All right. So can you give us top three benefits for using LinkedIn? So my top three that I think you'll find very useful as well is the first one is being findable and visible. So I get, um, as a recruiter, I get resumes forwarded to me sometimes from friends or whoever, you know, looking for a new position or they have a referral. And it's so interesting to me because I did a very similar search as a recruiter on LinkedIn, and they would have come up in my search results if they were on LinkedIn Uh um, based on kind of the content that's on their resume. So it always surprises me when people don't, they have awesome resumes, but being on LinkedIn allows you just that one extra avenue to be findable and visible by recruiters or by maybe someone on a board that you're trying to join, or it just makes you more findable and visible. My second one would be to establish and maintain maintain credibility and trust with your network. So um, I know one thing you know about me is I try to show up online exactly like who I am in person. So when people do finally meet me or see me at an event, they're like, oh, I already feel like I know who you are and what you're all about. And that can be really helpful because a lot of us, you know, 
don't always like to just go into a room and network or go somewhere for the first time. So for me, connecting with people and meeting them online has just been really helpful for once they meet me in person. And even though we're HR people, we're all still, (laughs) I think a lot of us are still introverted. I don't know why, but I do find that. It's definitely hard. Like, and yeah, and I'm extroverted and it's still hard for me to go somewhere where I don't know anyone. Like I'll still insert myself and be like, hi, like, can I join the circle here or whatever? But to then have to tell them my name and where I work and what I'm all about. So it's more fun, I think, to try to connect online first and kind of skip all that small talk and you can get right into the deeper connection when you see someone in person. Okay, and your third top benefit, I feel like there should be a drum roll. My third one is to showcase, um, LinkedIn's just a great way to showcase who you are and what you have to offer. So again, I guess that kind of relates back to being findable and visible, but it's like your living, breathing resume in a sense. So there's some great sections on there, like your summary section, where I recommend you put like 70% professional information and 30% personal. Mm. Um, Not personal like your address and your family info and things like that, but um, it's a place to tell a story about yourself or kind of how you got to where you are today, what keeps you waking up every morning, what are you passionate about, things that you might not traditionally write on a resume. So I think it's just a great place to show your personality. Okay, great. And if for those listening, and maybe they're looking for work, maybe they want to make a move to another company, or maybe they're just transitioning to a whole new career, how can LinkedIn help them? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like there's so many avenues we could go with this. Um, one, I would say, so I'm like a self-proclaimed like LinkedIn stalker, I guess, and have no shame. Um, but something I do is that if you're, uh, maybe if you're transitioning careers, for example, We know we have different professional affiliations in the area for HR, for sales and marketing, for IT people. So I guess depending, say we're making a change from marketing into HR, you can come to one of the Buffalo Niagara HR Association groups. We always have someone at the table that you can befriend. Um, You can find their name on our website. So I always recommend maybe checking out a professional affiliation. You can look online usually and see who their board is. So maybe send them a LinkedIn connection request before you get to the event um, so they recognize you. Or I've done it before where I haven't been able to find anyone in my network I know that's going to this event, so I know I'm going to have to go on my own. So I try to befriend the organizer ahead of time and ask if there's um, anyone they can introduce me to. Um, So again, just a great tool so you don't have to show up somewhere and just worry about how it's going to go and who's going to be there. So I use it before events. When you when you try to contact the actual person who's putting the event on, do they really help? Yeah, they have for me. I think it's all about obviously just being very authentic in that connection request note. So I always say, like, I'm planning to attend. I saw you're going to be there as well. You know, I'm so excited. You know, can I plan on introducing myself when I get there? Or um, would you be able to help me kind of get situated once I get there? And they're usually pretty open to helping. I mean, that's a great idea. It's a great tip. I have a lot of clients who, you know, we talk about LinkedIn and it seems as though they're just overwhelmed by the whole idea. Some of them do have LinkedIn profiles, but, you know, they're saying they go to events. It's too much to think about taking photos and then actually getting it up there with the hashtags and remembering people's names and all that kind of stuff. They just It just seems like an overwhelming task and to keep doing it every time they do something new. So what kind of response do you have to those people? Because I think those are people who are struggling. They're, they're trying to get their network larger and they're trying to get themselves out there. They're trying to figure out what they want to do with their career. 
So it is an important tool, but are there tips or, or can you kind of respond to that and maybe give them a little bit of relief to that overwhelming feeling that they might have? Yeah, absolutely. So I usually have to remind people that I use LinkedIn as part of my job. So I personally get that question a lot because they're like, oh, you're always on it. Like, how do you do that? And I'm like, well, I do spend a good portion of my workday on it looking for candidates as a recruiter. But on the flip side of that, my personal content also helps attract candidates as well. Um, So for me, it's kind of part of my business. So I don't tell people that like you have to be on every day posting blogs and events. Um, If that suits you, then go ahead and do it. But the way I do LinkedIn is not the way like the right way. Everybody is going to do it. Right. So I usually tell people to start just start where you can, but be consistent with it. So whether that's once every couple days or once a week to accept your connection requests in a timely manner, respond to messages in a timely manner, just so people get comfortable with the fact that, oh, you do use it and you do check it. Use that time to send a few connection requests out as well. Um, Maybe share a thoughtful comment on something in your newsfeed that was interesting to you. Share an article. So really just get comfortable first with using it on a consistent basis. And like you said, it can take getting used to. Like when I posted my first LinkedIn video, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to delete this. Like, what are people going to think? And it was a huge hit and generated a lot of conversation. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to try this again. So I think once you just get started with commenting, um, sharing articles, um, then you'll get more comfortable with, oh, the next time I'm at an event, let me just snap a picture of my table and get that posted. So I think you just kind of start small and try to go from there. And um, your posts on LinkedIn don't always have to be just related to your field or your career. I also post a lot about the volunteer work that I do. And that's brought new opportunities my way too. Mm -hmm. not always jobs, but again, like speaking opportunities or other volunteer opportunities or board positions. So I think that type of content is appropriate too. If you do volunteer work, definitely add that to your profile. If you're at a volunteer event, I found that those types of posts almost always do well on LinkedIn because we love to see others giving back and just people connecting. Those are kind of warm and fuzzy posts. So those are kind of easy things to post too. If you're involved with something, share it. Okay. What positive things have come from LinkedIn? So it's definitely helped that the Buffalo community has seen my community involvement, I guess. So obviously I'm involved with it because I love Empower Camp and the SPCA and things like that. But taking it to that next step to share it with my network has led to like the BN360 Spotlight Professional, for example. So everyone in my LinkedIn network isn't always going to know when I'm you know, out doing something. Um, So I'm not saying you should share it just so, you know, it's proof that you were there or something (laughs) like that. But by sharing the different things I'm involved in, um, it's helped people, again, just recommend me for different types of community awards and things like that. I also share blogs on my website, clairepetriehr.com, and write for the Sherm blog as well. So again, part of kind of my role being in HR and recruiting, but there's a space on LinkedIn, obviously, to write an article if you're comfortable with it. And those have been positive things, too, because those articles usually resonate with someone like they'll reach out to me because they are interested in a job I have open or they want some career coaching or whatever it might be. So so, yeah, just again, sharing articles, community involvement work um, usually just reaches 
somebody and it's that's just one more kind of meaningful connection i love to share and post for recruiting and kind of social networking purposes but there's always something good that also comes from that um whether it's an introduction to somebody else or you know i saw your post and i'm not interested but can i share it with so and so yeah so again just gives you that other that other avenue to be visible and able to make new connections what do we ever do without linkedin i don't know the big question it I don't think I would have gotten to this part in my career without it, to be honest. As fast, for sure. We're going to take one more break. And when we come back, Claire's going to share some things that we can do right now. And um, we're going to see what's coming up for her in in the future. So we'll be right back. Have you been working in the same career for years, but you're just not that excited anymore about what you do? Would you love to try something new, but don't know if you can or even know how to begin? Contact Sharp Human Resources. We will help you take those first few steps, point you in the right direction, and guide you along the way. Welcome back, everybody. I would like Claire to just kind of tell us what she's going to be up to in in the next few weeks, months. Um, What do you have on your calendar? Yeah, I have a couple of fun events in February that I hope to meet some new folks at. So if you listen to this and want to come out and make some new connections, February 19th, it's a Wednesday, 5 p.m. at the Marriott on Millersport in Amherst is the next um, Buffalo Niagara Human Resources event. Um, So there's going to be networking dinner. And then our speaker is actually talking about um, customer service and sales professions, kind of recruiting, development, retaining not that expensive to go. So even if the topic doesn't interest you, you're still going to be sitting at a table with eight to 10 other HR pros. So it'll still be fun. Do you need to be an HR person to no. go to that? No, not at all. And you don't have to be a member. So our website um, will Great. instruct you kind of how to register if you're a member or not. So okay. anyone can come to that. And then shortly after that, February 24th, Monday at Riverworks is the Biz Women Mentoring Monday Ooh. event um, by Buffalo Business First. I look forward to that event every year. So if anyone's registered for that, let me know so I can look for you there. Sounds good. Let's leave this podcast with three things that someone could do right now on their LinkedIn profile that that won't take too much time, but will be the most useful. What would you say? Yeah, my top three would be make sure your photo looks like you and it's a professional headshot. I got asked the other day, how often do you change your profile photo? And for me, it's every couple years only because I change my hair color or something like that. And I do have people come up to me a lot saying, oh, you look just like your LinkedIn photo. And I love that compliment because that's like, great, you can recognize me and it helps your, yeah, and it helps your profile be more memorable. And if they see you at an event, you know, people will come up to you if they can recognize you. Um, And I had someone kind of jokingly say to me, oh, I haven't changed mine in like 15 years. It's an old photo. And um, it really doesn't look like them anymore. So it might not benefit you. Do an audit periodically, make sure it's professional and you feel still kind of represents you. Uh, My second uh, thing to do that you can do right now is to complete your all-star status. So if you view your own profile on LinkedIn, um, it will tell you if you have all-star status um, kind of right under your profile photo and headline area. And if you don't have it, it gives you a strength meter that should say beginner, intermediate, or all-star. And if you hover over the strength meter, it will um, give you suggestions on what you should fill out next in order to get closer to your all-star status. Okay. So why I think you should... Um, 
kind of go ahead and do that right away is because it covers all of your most important sections. So your experience, education, if you have it, things like that. But LinkedIn rewards you for getting to your all-star status. So they really want people on LinkedIn to have completed profiles. Mm -hmm. And to LinkedIn, having all-star status is having a completed profile. So they'll reward you by ranking your profile higher in the search results. So if I'm an HR pro in Buffalo and you're an HR pro in Buffalo, but I have all-star status, if um, people are searching for HR pros in Buffalo, I will come up higher in the search results. Okay, that's very good to know. Yeah, and my third um, thing that I think you should start doing is just think about what that consistency means to you and just start making a plan so it doesn't seem so overwhelming. So what can you commit to each week? Um, When can you check connection requests, answer messages, and just get started with that? So if someone is sitting there listening and they're saying, all right, all right, I'll go and I'll, I'll start my profile, what would you say are some of the parts, the most important parts to fill in. Now, I know you said the all-star, but if that's too overwhelming, are there areas that they really should not forget about? Yeah, I would definitely make sure you have your current email address. So there's a lot of people's profiles I visit that have their company email from like two companies ago listed in their experience. Um, So again, if you're using it, you typically want to be able to be contacted by your connections. So I would say make sure your email address is something you check often. Um, The next ones, I would probably say again, your photo and your headline only because a lot of LinkedIn's users are now on mobile using the mobile app. And when you're viewing um, kind of your connections screen of the mobile app, and it's suggesting to you who you should connect with, your photo and your headline are the only two things um, people see about you before they decide to hit that connect button. So I think you have 120 characters you can use for your headline. So I um, personally, I put my title at Unifrax, but then I'll also add, you know, blogger and volunteer, other things that might um, spark people to take that next step to either connect or actually click on me to see my profile and learn so a little bit more. keywords are really important. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much. I think LinkedIn is really so much super fun. important. You know, we've learned a lot of things about how LinkedIn can really benefit somebody. Uh, it's not too overwhelming if you just take a few steps, test the waters a little bit. And when you get that kind of feedback, it will just motivate you to do a little bit more until you're you're an all-star. So I want to thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for other episodes and have a great day.